So that's another area where generative AI is becoming more sophisticated is it's not just about like input, output, and kind of producing content in mass, but really these language models are learning not just about what's effective, but also, you know, how to bring that brand voice through to the content that it produces. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Boy, oh boy, folks, do we have a fun episode for you today. As you may know, everybody is talking about generative AI, the impact of tools like ChatGPT, and what it means for the future of retail, whether that's store design, customer experience, or marketing. So today, we have an expert in that e-commerce, digital, and marketing realm, Sarah Coles, VP of GTM Strategy at Persado. It was so enlightening to sit down with someone who is having so many conversations with retail executives, is helping create solutions for the marketplace, and really has her head down, so to speak, in what's really happening in this space. As you probably get a clue from listening to our conversation, I am very much a student of this category of technology, so I found it super helpful and fascinating, and I hope you, the folks that are possibly testing and implementing this technology within your organizations will find value from it as well. Sarah, thanks so much for being on the show today. It is so great to uh, chat with you. Thanks, Alicia. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and we are digging into a very hot topic uh, today, which is generative AI. It seems like everybody is talking about it. All of the shows are digging into it. There are a lot of think pieces on it, especially regarding its impact on retail. So let's just start with the core of the conversation, which is what does the rise and evolution of Gen AI mean in your world, which is largely digital marketing and e-commerce? What are you really seeing and hearing right now? Yeah, so you're so right. Generative AI is the topic right now. I don't think we can go to any conference or event or listen to any podcast or webinar without it coming up at this point. So it's definitely the way of the future in terms of creating content, creating text, creating images, really creating in many ways efficiencies in content. So I think it's important to note that generative AI is not necessarily new, but it's new in the sense of the application that is now being used for. So if you think of generative AI, it's essentially built on large language models or LLMs. And we've seen it before in things like Amazon Alexa or IBM Watson, but it's really taken off in the last year with OpenAI's GPT models and the fact that they're now publicly available and people have access to using them. And they're looking at how do we now create content or use cases for generative AI? So So I think it's important to note that this is going to evolve and is continuing to evolve very quickly. I think when it first comes out, these these things kind of become a bit of a novelty, you know, like let's just play around with it and see what it can do and almost challenge the system to see what kind of content it can create. And we're moving into a phase from that where let's use ChatGPT or OpenAI models for creating content that makes our lives easier, more efficient. A lot of what I've heard when I've spoken to retailers is we use it as a starting point. You know, it's, I don't want to spend the 
day trying to think of new content. So I put prompts into ChatGPT and I get something that's, you know, intelligent and relevant enough that I can at least like use it as a first draft. So I think as we continue to look down the momentum of uh, generative AI, where it's going from there is how can we now generate content that drives business value? So ultimately, it's moving from creating efficiencies in the day-to-day work, perhaps saving time and resources, to can this now be used to generate content that helps me to drive conversions, increase sales? you know, increase customer loyalty sign up. So really more distinct call to actions that generate business value for the organization. In terms of the marketing and digital world, I think that's where the evolution of generative AI is is going and very quickly going in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I echo your point that we had a lot of very high level discussions of like, now's the time to kind of play with it and tinker with it just to see how we get from point A, which is like an input or a series of, of data or insights to point B, which is like the outcome from that system. And like now we're getting into, okay, well, how do we turn this into something that is scalable or more process oriented for these different teams? And, you know, you brought up the value of creating content quite a bit in that last response, which as a content person, I've been toying with it myself in in a similar regard. So can we dig into the Gen AI applications that you think are most valuable for these teams, I guess right now, right? I'm sure there's going to be a bit of an evolution, but what's really rising to the top for them? Yeah, I mean, I think applications are really unlimited in so many ways. But like I said previously, applications can range anywhere from creating content at a very basic level of, I just need something to get started. I need content for a press release or for my website or or a product description or something like that. And I see that as a more basic sort of application or use case for generative AI. But I think ultimately CEOs are looking to their heads of marketing and digital to play a prominent role in delivering growth. So when I think about the applications for the future, it's really about creating stronger campaigns, stronger branding returns in terms of the level of investment. So when it comes to generative AI, the effectiveness of content generation and its ability to deliver ROI becomes really important. So we start looking at how can we, as digital marketers, create content and language that is going to increase sales, that is going to decrease shopping cart abandonment rates, increase the number of conversions on a paid ad, you know, look at how can we make call to action buttons more efficient. So it's all about can I use this tool to basically make my returns on investment stronger and look across my digital and social and marketing channels and all of the content that I'm creating for those channels and make them more efficient in terms of driving conversions. So that's where I think the applications are going to become most value is valuable is, is moving from this sort of efficiency play in terms of, of time and resources to the value play in terms of making the content that I am generating more conducive to driving growth for the organization. No, that's great. I love that. So I guess that that kind of 
uncovers a few additional layers to the conversation, right? So it's being able to create more impactful content, which again, hello, very much resonates with me. But then how does that get into like the other the other imperatives for a great e-commerce or digital experience, such as like everybody's talking about personalization, being able to test, learn, and optimize. Is there a component to the conversation there that is worth calling out, especially for like the e-commerce teams that do need to continuously improve and iterate? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up personalization because I think that is another way that generative AI is going to play a role in driving more business value for retail organizations. When you think about personalization and personalization at scale, it can often seem like a daunting task that requires a lot of investment in resources and time and tech stack. And really, I think while personalization is another one of those buzzwords that you hear at every conference and every webinar and et cetera, the reality is getting to personalization at scale does require some level of investment. Now with generative AI, there are tools out there that allow the system to generate content based on different inputs. So with generative AI in general, the content is all based on the inputs that you provide to it. Those inputs can be gathered either by a human actually typing those inputs in, or it can be done through other technologies such as algorithms and web-based tools that really look at consumer behavior and how is that behavior line, whether it be web browsing history, browser type, device type, things like that, indicating a certain level of data profile that says, oh, this user is more likely to respond to this kind of content. And the generative AI tool will serve up that content based on those user attributes. So that is another sort of level of sophistication that I think generative AI can provide in a way that doesn't necessarily require all of those human prompts to be added. So the sort of summary is tools are being developed out there that don't require the human prompts and that are using online consumer behavior to gather data to learn what content is most relevant for different user profiles. And so this is something that we're seeing, you know, I work for an organization called Persado. We're doing this today where we're essentially applying that adaptive algorithm to personalize through generative AI tools. And it really allows us to, to create motivating and personalized language at scale in places like the sh online shopping cart page. And I think this is a particularly interesting use case because one, online shopping cart pages tend to be pretty static and the content that is on them is, quite frankly, not very inspiring. So this is an application for generative AI that can not only create a more personalized and engaging and motivating experience in the shopping cart page, which is quite arguably the one of the most valuable pages on the website, bottom of the funnel. You know, it's where you kind of work towards to get everybody to get to that page and you don't want their experience to fall flat. So generative AI can be used here to create a personalized language experience, motivate shoppers, and ultimately reduce cart abandonment rates. And then the other point I wanted to make is when we think about generative AI and you know even just playing around with like ChatGPT, I think some of the challenges that retailers experience is how do I incorporate my brand into all of this? You know, how do I ensure that my brand voice 
comes through. And so with more sophisticated tools, retailers are able to really refine their brand voice in the outputs that the generative AI tool produces so that the content is on brand, the content reflects the campaign goals, and it reflects really their unique tone of voice. So that's another area where generative AI is becoming more sophisticated, is it's not just about like input, output, and kind of producing content in mass, but really these language models are learning not just about what's effective, but also you know, how to bring that brand voice through to the content that it produces. Really incredible. And I, I love that example of the shopping cart experience because we've been covering a lot about there's so much innovation, new technologies to support e-commerce, but there are still these certain points in the journey that still feel, to use the word you use, uninspiring, right? And there's a, a lot of opportunity there, I think, to rethink what that experience looks like, ways to enhance it through content, through personalization. So are there any brands or retailers that are capitalizing on these new opportunities? I mean, obviously, we're not at the point where there is like a quote unquote playbook for success or any true long term example, since this is very much still a new, a new era of experimentation, scaling, testing, learning, but any examples that we can call out and dig into a little bit? Yeah, so we work with a number of brands that are using generative AI, they're using Prasado to essentially do everything that I've been talking about. In, in terms of creating language that motivates consumers to take action. It's really focused on driving business value for those brands and more recently focused on reducing online shopping cart abandonment rates and increasing e-commerce revenue. So we do work with brands like Marks & Spencer, Gap and Old Navy, the tapestry brands, which include Stuart Weizman, Kate Spade, and Coach. Those are just a few to name, but you know, really... There's a whole wide variety of brands that we work with and also brands that are, you know, starting to dabble in this in various ways, whether it be through personalization, whether it be through focus on e-commerce revenue, or just starting to generate language that is produced in a way that's not just about producing it for the fact of producing it, but more for, you know, driving that very specific business value. So I think every retailer that I've talked to, and I've gone to probably eight or so conferences in the last year, every retailer that I've talked to has generative AI as one of the top things on their list in terms of the technology that they want to invest in. It's now more looking at okay, there's a lot of, of companies out there that are claiming or doing some sort of form of generative AI. Where do I start? So I think it's really important to look at, you know, if I'm going to invest in a tool, does it have impact on my bottom line? Like, am I doing this just for an efficiency perspective? And if so, maybe I don't want to put a huge amount of investment in that, but ultimately I want it to impact my bottom line. I want to be able to see value quickly. So how am I measuring it? What kind of analytics am I getting? Am I able to use those insights for future learning? And then is that language model starting to learn more about my brand, my goals, and adapt along with it? So ultimately, the content that's produced gets more and more efficient over time. And then finally, it has to be easy to implement. So really looking at, okay, there could be 
you know, a type of technology that I'm really excited about. But if the implementation process is challenging or time consuming, or it's going to take a lot of resources, that may not be the best place to start. So one of the things that I love about the Prasado e-commerce product that I've, I've talked about is that all it requires is adding a script to the page. So there isn't any any technical implementation or any kind of integration that's a heavy lift, really, you can get started within a day. And that's also, I think, a nice way to start dabbling in personalization at scale because you can start to see results quickly and see the return on your investment. And if for any reason you don't want to use the technology anymore, you can turn it off. You don't have to worry about this huge unwinding of technical implementation. So I think, again, like, does it impact the bottom line? Am I going to see value quickly? Are those language models going to learn with me? And then can I implement it quickly? Awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad you emphasized the business impact because I feel like, especially in these conversations with digital teams, marketing teams especially, there is a lot of conversation around, oh, like I really want to test this. Like I really want to experiment with this new you know, technology, but I need to prove the value before I even get started or before I even think about you know, what the implementation plan could possibly look like for my teams. So I mean, Is it just a matter of like reverse engineering what you just shared to really communicate that business value to whether it's the CMO or the CFO? Because I feel like there is a lot of different value drivers beyond just, oh, it makes the marketing team more efficient or impacts e-commerce sales, right? Like I feel like there could be bigger benefits and an overall business value story that maybe our audience could get some value from. I don't know, am I off base there? Is there anything that we can parse out around just the overall business value embracing generative AI and, and how it can go beyond marketing and digital? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the organization has to determine how they define value. But I think there's essentially two questions that you want to ask when you're looking at generative AI tools. One, will the investment help me do more of what I already do or get the work done in a more efficient way using the same budget and resource allocation? And will this investment improve the results from the work that I do? And that's ultimately the business value question is, will investing in this product get me better results than what I'm already seeing, better ROI, better conversion rates, more sales, et cetera. And then to my previous point, will it help me do it in a way that's efficient and allows me to use my resources more effectively? So I think those are the two ultimate sort of higher arcing questions that have to be asked with every investment. And and really because a tool could help increased business value, but if it's too complicated or it's going to require a ton of training or it's going to require you to hire more people, then maybe it's not a good investment. And ultimately, on the other flip side, it could be really easy to use, but maybe it's not really creating a ton of business value, but it's kind of a fun tool to play with. Maybe that's not a really good investment. So I think those two have to be married together to really move forward with this is this is a tool that's going to not only create efficiencies, but also create value. Oh, that's great. So I do want to get a little bit deeper into how folks can take action or, or what will happen once 
people decide to move forward with Gen AI, especially those digital and marketing teams. And I think one of the things that I've been really keeping tabs on, you know, from an editorial standpoint, is the dialogue around Gen AI as a supporter of the creative process or an inhibitor of the creative process. Or, you know, there's that, oh, our robot's going to take away our jobs, right? Especially writers and, and journalists, creatives. So I guess the, the question for you is, and I don't know if you've had conversations like this in the past, is how can brands ensure that Gen AI will be an enabler versus a point of contention or friction internally? Like, I don't know if this is cultural or if it's just about like how the tool is used and implemented within the organization. But I feel like there could be some side conversations in these organizations of like, oh, like, I don't want to use that because, you know, it takes away from my creative process or it's making the creative process more robotic and and not what it should be. I don't know. Any, Any thoughts on how brands can bypass or I guess navigate those conversations successfully? Yeah. So I think, first of all, the marketing and digital marketing function is is really an interesting place to be right now, because I think it's one of the first functions that is where the use cases for generative AI are clearer. And it's probably one of the first functions in the organization that is likely to adopt generative AI technology. So in many ways, digital marketers are paving the way for how generative AI will be used across the organization. So it's an exciting time to be in that space because uh, we're really starting to define different applications, different use cases, and how it fits in with the whole, with the current organization flow. So I think back to what I said earlier in terms of creating efficiencies and creating value, the these tools shouldn't be looked at as necessarily something to replace what is currently there, but really to enhance and create more value. So instead of spending an entire day thinking about writing a draft of a web page or a product page or something, the generative AI tool can do that. And then it's up to the teams now to look, think about how can I use my time for more value-oriented tasks. So I no longer have to spend those eight hours writing that draft. So how can I now think about spending those eight hours looking at value drivers for my teams, looking at how I can increase my my marketing spend, invest in pools that do create a, a larger ROI for my organization. Maybe there's different sort of spends along across the media budget that I want to create efficiencies for. So I think it's now kind of taking those, I don't want to call them mundane tasks, but a lot of that ideation can now be done in a more efficient way. And we can use our human tools to essentially create more of those value-driven tasks. So I think it's really, it's going to evolve. By no means do we have all the answers because every team is going to approach this a little bit differently. But the fact of the matter is the tools are out there now. There is a huge demand for them. So now it's a matter of which ones fit my marketing organization and for what reason and where are the best investments to ensure that my teams are creating value for the organization as a whole. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how different retail brands, you know, sort of approach 
generative AI, but being in the space, being, you know, working at an organization that has a, a generative AI technology, I've talked to a lot of retailers, there is no dearth of interest in applications for generative AI. I think the real race is about who's going to find the best applications for it that's going to create those efficiencies and business value and you know start building out various use cases. So that's one of the things that we're really focused on at Persado is what are the other use cases for generative AI? I know I talked about shopping cart as one, but there's so many others in terms of maximizing value across the digital journey, whether that be web, whether that be social, mobile, et cetera. So that's where I think marketing teams are going to sort of look at generative AI from a value driving perspective is I no longer have to create these drafts or have to maybe question whether this content is going to work or not because I have more data on it. And then what are the other applications where I should be thinking about and using this so that I can continue to create value? Mm -hmm. And I guess in order to create that value too, you need to understand like how you need to use the technology to get the option output, right? Like, I know I did a feature for it's a bit of a bit off the digital and e com side of things, but it was for store designers. And what I found most interesting was as these different design teams, design firms were tinkering with these platforms, how vastly different the output was, and it was largely like store ideation or store concepting, how vastly different the output was based on small adjustments that were made to the inputs. And I think that has led to several conversations around like the output is only as good as the data and prompts being entered into the system. So I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on that concept and I guess what brands can do to ensure that they're using Gen AI, like I guess in this case, it'd be like a chat GPT or, you know, a similar platform to its full potential, right? I mean, like, is it a matter of like creating a a playbook or, you know, a cheat sheet of like how to best (laughs) conduct or create these inputs? Well, I think that's a really good point because with a lot of tools, I do agree your output is only as good as your input. And it's kind of like a Google search, 10 people could search for essentially the same thing and get different outputs, depending on the keywords that they put in. It's about learning which keywords are going to drive the most, you know, the best output. We at Persado, actually, we have a self-service tool where, you know, our customers can go in and provide various inputs to get different variations of a form of whether it be email subject line or headline or whatever it may be. Now, that being said, whenever we set up the platform for the customer, We essentially put in very specific brand specific prompts and keywords so that already the output is going to be more on par with their brand voice, more on par with their campaign goals, depending on what those may be, and essentially customize the platform for them so that they're getting outputs that are more in line with what they would expect from even a human copywriter who understands the brand guidelines better. So I do definitely agree that there has to be some level, whether it's some kind of training or 
whether it's integrated into that platform already. We also offer additional services where our language experts will support the user to help guide them through ideal inputs depending on their campaign goals because Inputs may change depending on the type of campaign, the type of channel, the expected outcome. So there is going to be there and there needs to be some level of training. I don't think that we can expect people to just pick up these tools and know right off the bat how to use them in the best way. So people like myself and you know our language experts who really understand how to generate the ideal output can play a role in terms of that training process. But that being said, marketers and digital experts who are using these tools, I think will get more comfortable over time as they use them more, as they see the different types of inputs and outputs. And then our our tool also has predictive performance scores so that you can start to play around with like, okay, if I change the inputs, what does that do in terms of the predicted performance score? And kind of tinker around with it a little bit. I think there's going to need to be just time spent in understanding how little tweaks to the language can impact performance. So yes, ultimately, this is going to require some level of experience and training. But the the beauty of these language models is that they do get smarter over time, the more that they're used, the more data that they have. So a lot of it is just starting to get stuff out there in market and let the model go to work and then let it recommend things, let it, you know, let the prompt sort of guide you in terms of, oh, the AI is telling me that I should do this based on not only my own data, but all the other data that it has in the database based on what words are most likely to increase conversion rates. So I think it's really important, not only the training, but also to be working with a tool that has a knowledge base that is really built on something like conversion rates, increased revenue, things like that. So so that the baseline model that it's pulling from is, is meant to drive specific action versus just create content that is intelligent. So yeah, there's going to be a level of of learning and and training involved. um, And some of that will come, you know, with practice and just use. But the more that can be done from a product perspective of uh, initiating those prompts and getting the sort of ready to go for the user, I think will help to ease some of that that learning curve. Yeah. I love that scoring capability. I think that really encourages folks to kind of think critically about the decisions being made and, and even just think through the creative process in a different way, which, you know, again, I, I think kind of alleviates the concerns that some people have around Gen AI hurting the creative process or challenging the creative process. And I guess this leads to a follow-up point or area of potential. So now that we're in this time or this moment of brands exploring use cases and processes being developed and, you know, this testing really taking place. I'm wondering how this is going to completely change talent development and even the hiring process, right? Like if a resume has like, oh, I helped implement Gen AI or I'm a power user of, you know, these solutions. I mean, that's going to have to be a draw, no? I would think so. I think that's definitely going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a differentiator in many ways. I mean, we talked previously about 
the ability to create better outputs. So I think there's going to be super users who understand better how to use these tools, better how to analyze results and data. Now, the tools are, many of them, the more sophisticated ones are built in a way to gather insights, to become smarter over time. But with anything, technology is only as good as the person that's using it. So you could have an amazing tool, but if you're not getting the right inputs, then you're not going to necessarily get the right output. So I think that it will become a differentiator. And that's kind of back to the previous point that we were talking about in terms of these tools will create efficiencies for marketing teams so that they can focus on higher value jobs and tasks. And this very well could be one of them is really using tools, these generative AI tools that do are designed to drive business value and learning how to do them, use them in a way that, you know, ultimately does create more value for for the organization. Um, And I talked about a couple of different ways that they could be used, not just to generate content, but to do it in a value-based way. Also personalization, thinking about what are the different ways that we want to use content to personalize? What are the different use cases for that? Where can we do that in our overall digital journey? So I think that it will become a skill set of not just understanding how to use the tools, but also where to use the tools along the digital journey and the, you know, the best applications, the best use cases, and ultimately being able to put something on your resume that said, I was able to increase e-commerce sales by 5% by using this tool that I implemented for the organization. So those are the kind of smart decisions and skill sets that are going to differentiate digital marketers over time. Yeah, no, that's great. And it creates almost a huge opportunity for innovation, right? I mean, it's it's being able to push those creative limits and see what the output is. Again, it kind of ties back to that, like, okay, how can we tinker with this? How can we get like the baseline done to an extent and then figure out how to push the brand experience even further? I mean, you know, I always love to tie it back to innovation and differentiation because I feel like we're very much in this time where brands do need to differentiate their experience as much as possible. So is there anything that we haven't touched on yet, like as far as how generative AI can be used as a source of data, source of insight, inspiration to develop this path, not just from efficiency and business value to like true innovation and being a, I guess almost being a source of like a learning center or or incubator of sorts. Yeah, no, I think you're right on. I think right now we're in an experimental phase, (laughs) um, which is kind of a fun phase to be. And I look at that on both sides of the fence in terms of on the retail side and on terms of the vendor side, for lack of a better word, the creators of the generative AI tools. We're all experimenting right now. And it's up to the retailers to be to take on you know some of these opportunities and say, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. And it's up to us on the generation side to to really experiment on different ways that we can think about applying this for different use cases, different channels, different opportunities for retailers to try. So in a lot of ways, we're all learning together. But ultimately, I think where the winners will come out are those that find the opportunities to use this that will really generate business impact and the business value. Because at the end of the day, you know, it is an investment 
no matter how large or small. And ultimately, the CMOs or the CEOs are going to want to see what what return have I received on that investment? And how is that ultimately helping my business create more efficiencies, do better, do more with the resources that I have, and also drive innovation? As you mentioned, these are the kinds of tools that start to spark ideas, um, spark new ways to use technology, and ultimately pave new roads for opportunities for new technologies and new investments along the way. So I think it's a really exciting time to be in this space and to have the opportunities to start showing the the sort of the fruits of those experiments pay off, you know, with real business cases, with real case studies, with real impact. And ultimately, that's what's going to start prompting more innovation to come. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder what the domino effect will be long term, right? Like it, it, all of this innovation is going to be happening, which is so exciting and so incredible. I can't wait to see all of the great examples to come out of it. But ultimately, that's going to impact consumer expectations, right? It makes me wonder, I guess, what the future holds and what the new benchmarks for success will be as a result of this technology. So I guess to, to close out, Sarah, I mean, any thoughts, prediction on your side? I mean, you're living in the brain this every day. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately the ultimate consumer experience is that the consumer doesn't even know they're being impacted by generative AI. Um, So, you know, when personalization is done right, it should feel very flawless and seamless. When somebody is receiving content that is meant to resonate them because they fit a certain data profile, they have, you know, specific behaviors that have identified them as somebody that's likely to respond to this content, it should feel very natural. And ultimately, the content that is generated through generative AI tools should also feel natural. It shouldn't look and feel like a a robot has produced it. And that's, you know, ultimately where that that brand voice, that tone, you know, those specific prompts play so much value, because it will create a more natural, almost conversational flow. You know, and we've seen that even with like chatbots, you know, where, you know, now it's sometimes hard to tell, <laughs> like, is it a bot or is it actually a person on the other side? Because, you know, the language has become more sophisticated in, in many of these technologies where it just becomes more conversational. So I think that's ultimately where the newer generative AI tools are, are heading is that they do feel more conversational. They do feel more, they feel on brand and they just feel natural in terms of engaging that consumer, motivating that consumer to act. Consumers should feel like inspired by that content versus maybe questioning, you know, how it was produced. So yeah, I think ultimately that the best experience is the experience that you don't even realize you're having. It just becomes, it just feels very natural and organic to the overall brand itself. Well, the jury's still out, right? I can't, I can't wait to see how all of this evolves and develops. But Sarah, I think you gave us a lot of food for thought, a lot of great insight, I think, especially for the digital folks listening in today. So thank you again very much for taking the time out to unpack all of this with me, because again, there is so much buzz out there. And I feel like with every hot trend or hype cycle, there's a need to really dig in and parse out the details that really matter. So appreciate the time very much. Thank you, Alicia. I enjoyed the conversation very much.
And to all of you listening, if you have any follow-up questions for Sarah and you really want to dig into how generative AI can impact your teams, we do want to keep this conversation going. Drop us a line on Twitter at our touchpoints or on LinkedIn at Retail Touchpoints. We'll be sure to tag Sarah and the Prosado team even just to make sure they have a direct line of communication there. And of course, we would love to hear from you what you thought about this episode or the show in general. Leave us a rating or a review on your preferred podcast player. As you may know, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you listen to pods, we are likely there. And of course, be sure to subscribe. We are always digging into these hot topics and hot trends and getting experts like Sarah on the line to dig into what it really means for all of you. But that is it for us for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.